Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Fantasy Forecast Podcast with Anita Marks. First things first, uh, two games in the books. Uh, I'm going to share with you the the stats uh, and, and how these two games played out. We've got three good ones ahead of us today. And then, of course, uh, Dallas and the Tampa Bay Bucks going at it on Monday night, which will be nice. Uh, but uh, we've got Harvey and Tom who are producing the show. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. It's actually going to be Julian and I in the uh, studio oh, I'm this sorry. morning. Oh, I'm sorry. My my bad. Oh. I think you I think you said that to me. So you know you know the discussion of my morning coffee is always a thing on the show, right? Yes. And you know how much I love my my Uber Eats delivery of Starbucks coffee in the morning, right? Oh, of course. It's the only good way to start a Sunday. So, so some dude in. <laughs> Some dude in Weehawken accepted my Uber Eats delivery on a bicycle, but he has to go all the way to like the path. I can't. I don't even understand. I'm. I'm probably. I'll be lucky if my get. I get my coffee before the show ends today at eleven o'clock. You'll be lucky if that coffee is hot by the time that guy gets back with your coffee. Actually, and and this is interesting, right? Because I'm someone like unless if it's if it's forty or below. That's when I go for the warm coffee. If it's anywhere in the 50s and above, that's when I go for the iced coffee. And for some reason, I did the iced coffee today. So, which, which, which is going to really throw me off because if I would have done the warm coffee, Tom, I could have just put it in my microwave and I would have been fine. Now I'm, now I'm like, I'm, I'm, what's the, I'm marinating. I'm marinating the fact that I'm going to get a coffee that's nothing but um, watered down from the ice. And, well, the good and, news is it's like 20 degrees outside, or at least it feels like that. So there's a chance that it still may have some integrity by the time it gets to you, to your house. And this is what I love about you. Like you're, you're always, you're always Mr. Positivity. I'm really, I'm trying, I'm seriously, I'm trying not to be upset about the situation that is happening right now. Um, and, and I guess this, this is, this is good. This is good. Why you're producing the show today. I appreciate you, my friend. So anyway, as I'm sitting here for my my coffee that I, I ordered at 6 a.m. Uh, to be delivered, hopefully before uh, we get off at 11 a.m. today. We'll see. I'll keep you posted. Or you'll probably hear my dogs bark uh, when the delivery man shows up. So that will be key. But nonetheless, it is, we, we typically, we call this first hour fantasy forecast for a reason. We like to get you ready each and every week, week for fantasy. I understand that a lot of folks out there, your fantasy leagues are over. Hopefully you won them. Um, but there's also DFS to be played, by the way. So I like to get you ready for the DFS uh, weekend ahead, which which uh, there are a few plays out there that I feel really strongly about. We'll hear from Cynthia Freeland because she always joins me on Saturdays, and I love to replay that segment with you because she's just so utterly brilliant. Uh, Matthias Kiwanuka will join me at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. We'll kick off New York game day. Um, getting you ready for the Giants and the Minnesota Vikings. That game kicks off at 4.30. We'll do a deep dive into all three games, as well as the fourth game on Monday. Rich Samini will join us with a Jets update at 8.30. As we know, they fired their offensive coordinator, uh, LaFleur. So what does that mean uh, moving forward? Who are some of the offensive coordinator? Uh, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm hearing since Sean McVay is going to stay in... LA with the Rams uh, I from from what I understand he's going to bring LaFleur on with him out there in LA uh, all those all those dudes are pretty tight McVay Kyle LaFleur they're they're like they're all bosom buddies or something like that so LaFleur is going apparently from what I've read and what I hear is that he's going out to the west coast uh, we'll have Kiwi's keys to the game what the Giants need to do in order to uh to win and and, and beat the Vikings uh, this week. 
Um, we're going to hear from Kevin Seifert as well, coming your way in the 9 o'clock hour. He covers the Minnesota Vikings for ESPN. We'll get a look behind the curtain what the Minnesota Vikings are preparing for against the Giants uh, in that 4.30 game. We'll hear from Jordan Renan as well. We'll have my locks of the week. I went 3-0 and again in Week 18, so I'm 38-16 and on the season. I think you texted me on Sunday, right? That's 70% on the season. Yeah, it's either like 68 or 70%, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, 38-16 and 16 on the season. So I'm pretty proud about that. Mike Tannenbaum, as always, going to join us at 10 a.m. this morning. We'll do a deep dive with him in regard to the coaching carousel. Um, we're going to get to it in just a second, the fact that uh, the, the – you and Tom, you said you went to bed with the Chargers up. What what was the score? Was it was it twenty? Was it at the half? Was it twenty seven three? What what were what were you? Yeah, so I changed the game when it was twenty seven to nothing. Major League was on TV, so I decided, you know what, I'm going to watch this because I don't want to watch any more of this terrible, terrible playoff game that I'm watching. I I couldn't stand seeing Trevor Lawrence throw four interceptions and three to Asante Samuel Jr. So I turned the game off. I went to bed. It was 27-7 to 7 around halftime around that uh, when I went to bed. I woke up, and I saw the score was 31-30, to 30 and my jaw dropped when I saw that. And this was literally 30 seconds into my day, so my day was already off to a kick and start. Yeah, so, uh, so pretty unbelievable. I do believe that uh, Staley, head coach for the Chargers, uh, more than likely is going to get fired today, uh, deservingly so. And, um, and I do believe that Sean Payton is going to take that job. We'll see. That's my guess. Everybody wants Sean Payton, right? I think uh, if, if Dallas loses to the Bucks, I think Jerry is, is going to reach out and, and try to grab him. Apparently, he's going to uh, meet with the Saints again. Now, keep in mind, in order to get Sean Payton, you're going to have to give the Saints at least a first-round draft pick, if not more. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, just FYI. So, uh, so we'll, we'll have all of that. We'll have all the things, as my friends like. Do your friends say that, by the way, Tom? Do your friends, any of your friends use that phrase, all the things? Or is that just, is that a chick thing? Uh, that's definitely not something uh, me or my friends say. So I guess that would be more of uh, your thing, Anita. Well, it's not my thing. I, I'm, I say it now because I think it's, I find it somewhat comical. My friends say it, you know, oh, all the things, we'll do all the things. What does that mean, all the things? Well, I guess that, that it, it means what it means. And, and for this show, we'll have all the things. <laughs> I don't know. I'm delirious this morning. All right. Um, I'm just hoping I get my coffee before 11 a.m. All right. So um, here we go. Uh, the 49ers took care of the Seattle Seahawks 41 to 23. No surprise there, right? No. None. Um, and if you lay the points good, I had the under here. So I lost in the under, but my best bet in this game was Christian McCaffrey uh, scoring anytime touchdown and, um, and, and the 49ers winning. And sure enough, that did happen. So let's, let's get you some stats here. Geno Smith, uh, not too bad. 253 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, the Seattle rushing attack couldn't do much. Geno did rush for 28 yards as well. Uh, Kenneth Walker held to 63 yards in one touchdown. So all in all, the 49ers uh, held the Seattle Seahawks to only 104 total rushing yards. DK Metcalf uh, was the star of the show for the Seattle Seahawks. Ten receptions, he had 13 targets, 136 yards, and two touchdowns. I thought Tyler Lockett would do more. He did not. He had eight targets, six for 39. So there's that. But this 49ers defense, they're they're just so good. And I've buried the lead here. Brock Purdy. Boy, is he pretty. 332 passing yards and three touchdowns, no interception. Um, 131, uh, an 89.5 QB rating. (laughs) And this is Mr. Irrelevant. And this is a dude that 31 teams in the NFL passed up on him seven times. Marinating that. Boy, Christian McCaffrey, 15 carries on the ground for 119 rushing yards, his longest of 68. Debo Samuel got a lot of action as well uh, in the rushing game, three carries for 32, his longest of 22. 
Purdy are also rushed for 16 yards and rushed for another touchdown. So Purdy had a total of four touchdowns on on the day yesterday. Unbelievable. Debo Samuel, back healthy, Avi, nine targets, six receptions, 133 yards, and a touchdown. Elijah Mitchell, I had Elijah Mitchell over rushing yards. Uh, He had two for 25. His longest was 18. I want to say his rushing total was somewhere around 34, 36 and a half. So he he didn't meet it. He had 55 rushing yards last week. I, I thought that um, he would get more than two carries uh, in the rushing attack. Um, I'm sorry. Hold on. He had, I'm sorry. He had nine car- I take that back. He had nine carries for only two yards. How about that? Only two yards. Damn. Wow. Was I way off there? That's for sure. Brandon Ayuk, three receptions for 73. George Kittle. I was expecting a bigger day from George Kittle. Last time he went up against the Seattle Seahawks, he, he scored two touchdowns. He had um, seven touchdowns in four games. Uh, did not score a touchdown. Only had two targets, was two for 37. Uh, again, it was Debo Samuel who was the stud yesterday. And, and this is, listen, this is what Kyle Shanahan can do. When you've got all this talent, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, right? Elijah Mitchell. Brandon Ayuk, when you've got all this talent to work with, this is, excuse me, this is, this is, this is what Kyle Shanahan can do. And it's, it's pretty, pretty impressive. So that was the first game. So now what happens? San Francisco now advances and they wait to see how today pans out. Uh, And, um, and of course talking about the NFC. So um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, came back in the second half to beat the Chargers. So at the half, these two teams went in, and the Chargers were up 27-7. to The Chargers came out, they put up 17 points in the first quarter. Then they put up another 10 in the second quarter. Jacksonville was able to get on the board right before they were able to go into uh, the half. They got on the board. And then they came out, what a, let me say, Doug Peterson, God bless him, whatever halftime changes, you know, coaching changes they made, and this is why Staley needs to go, okay? This is why Staley needs to go. Chargers were only able to put up three points in the entire second half. Three points in the entire second half. Unbelievable. The Chargers um, allowed, their defense allowed the Jags 13 points in the third quarter, 11 points in the fourth quarter, and really the, the, the moment of the game to me, like, I, like, so I felt the momentum change. Not sure about, well, Tom, you were sleeping. Julian, were, were, did you watch this game? Is Julian there? I'm sorry. I know I'm calling. Call, call. Um, I had just had it on in the background. Okay, so you so you weren't you weren't watching, so I, so I was watching this game. Um, I had made it from my couch to my bed uh, at the half, and and I was and I, I felt that, yeah, I, you know, I, there's I love momentum. You can't see it, you can't put your finger on it, but you feel it, and you felt it, and you felt the momentum change, and you felt that this was a Jags team that was going to come out in the second half and make this a game. And so this is why I love in-game betting. So I did take the Jags in the second half, and then I doubled up on the Jags in the fourth. So, um, so, and 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 again, I, I just I, I find momentum a very interesting thing, right? Because it's only something that we can feel, right? It's not tangible, especially in sports. So, um, so I did get the feeling that Jacksonville had the momentum, and sure enough. Uh, but the key to, to, to me, the key to the game, and if you guys were watching Tom, I'm not sure if you saw the replays, but it was um, Bosa felt that um, one of the Jacksonville's offensive linemen should have been called for a penalty, okay? And, and, and the penalty was not called. And... Uh, 
Bosa got got so angry, he walked over to the sideline and he took his helmet off and he slammed it and he slammed it on the ground. He wasn't even on the sideline. He was still on the field when this happened. So what happened from that point, Jacksonville, of course, scored. He was upset because Jacksonville scored on that play that he, he felt that it should have been a false start penalty on Jacksonville's off- offensive lineman. So on the extra point, the penalty was assessed on the extra point, which put the Jacksonville Jaguars on the one-yard line. So Doug Peterson said, let's go for two. What the hell? We're here to win this bad boy. Let's do it. Man, talk about chutzpah. And with Trevor Lawrence being, I don't know, Julian, we talked about it yesterday, right? You did. I said 6'7", right? Joe said 6'5", and he's, what is he, 6'6", six, six, Trevor Lawrence, right? I think we came up with 6'6", six, six, d- whatever, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, 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 dude's long. And, uh, and all, all Trevor Lawrence had to do was just hike, jump, extend that arm. God knows what his wingspan is. Boom. Uh, and, and they were able to, uh, to, to convert the two-point conversion. So now... All they need is a field goal to win. All they needed was a field goal to win. How about that? Unbelievable. And sure enough, they were able to move down the field, kick that field goal, and win. And so now the Chargers out 10, 10, in, um, 10 and 7 on the season and then uh, favored to come in here by 2.5, was up 27 to 7 at the half and could only muster up three points in the second half. Unbelievable. Justin Herbert, 273 passing yards and one touchdown. Eckler, 13 carries for 37. He only averaged 2.7 yards per carry, so Jacksonville played extremely well against the run. He did score two touchdowns. My best bet yesterday was Eckler over receiving yards at 36.5. In four games prior, with Mike Williams not being active, Eckler was averaging 50 yards, 50 receiving yards per game. He only put up eight yesterday. So unfortunately, I lost there. Gerald Everett was the star of the show for the Chargers in the passing game. Eight targets, six receptions, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Keenan Allen had 13 targets. He was six for 61. He did not surpass uh, his prop bet total either. Just FYI. As for Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, four interceptions. In the first half, four turns around 288 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, ATN had a big night, rushed for over 100 yards. Um, Evan Ingram, man, where was this Evan Ingram when he was with the Giants? Anybody else think about that while yeah, you're watching Evan Ingram play for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Anybody sitting there? Like, I was, I was watching the game with some friends last night, and I turned to them and I said, where the hell was this Evan Ingram when he was a Giant? Yeah, I can rarely recall a time he dropped a pass for Jacksonville this season. Maybe it's just because he's in Jacksonville, and I don't watch Jacksonville. But you know what? He's actually playing like he's he was advertised to. Would, uh, he made he made nice. this, Tom. He made the spectacular catch last night that actually Staley threw a, a a red challenge flag to review because it was such a great great catch. And he he, he was able to cradle it underneath his body, and, and it was it was ruled a fair catch. I just, where'd this Evan Ingram come from? I have no idea. Um, Seven receptions for 93 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Christian Kirk, eight receptions for 78 and a touchdown. Zay Jones, eight for 74 and a touchdown. Marvin Jones, three for 29 and a touchdown. So not only did did, um, Trevor Lawrence toss four touchdowns, but he spread the wealth. He used four different guys. Listen, the Jacksonville Jaguars spent a ton of money this offseason in free agency, and boy, did it pay off for them. Bringing in Ingram, bringing in Kirk, bringing in Jones, it absolutely paid off for them. Good for them. Good for Jacksonville. And it was great. After the game, my brother sent me a photograph. He, he took a selfie. I had no idea. My, my brother and my nephews, if you follow me on Twitter, they live in Jacksonville. I sent my nephews all the Jacksonville Jaguar um, shirts and t-shirts and, and baby stuff to wear. And sure enough, they were sporting it. I had no idea. My brother went to the game and he was like front row, 50 yard line. He sent me a selfie. Awesome. 
I'm so happy for you, Noah. So happy for Jacksonville. I really am. I'm sad for the Chargers. Full disclosure, I had the Chargers and the Eagles as my Super Bowl matchup before the season started, and I got it at 90-1. to 1. So, sucks for me. But here we are. All right, so that could, <laughs> that that uh, that's that's a recap of what happened yesterday. We've got three big games on tap for you today, and of course the Monday night game against Dallas and the Tampa Bay Bucks. We are going to spend the next few hours uh, previewing all of that. Of course, I'll, I'll look back with these two games with Matthias Kiwanuka when we get him on at eight o'clock. At his thoughts on on how last night and yesterday panned out, and we'll take your calls. 800-919-3776. You want to get on board now? Now's the time to do it. We'll come back. Um, I'll talk about some of the matchups that I do like heading into today, uh, and we'll hear from Cynthia Freeland as well. So still a lot more coming your way. Nita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This is the Fantasy Forecast Podcast with Anita Marks. Cook puts it down. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good, good, good. The Jaguars have won it. The Jaguars have won it. They have come back from 27-0 to win the game and move on. How good is that? That is uh, Frank Frangie. What a name. Frank Frangie from, um, where's that from? I can't, it's so small, I can't read this, Tom. That is 1010XL and 92.5FM. That is the Jags game-winning field goal call. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, so, um, <laughs> I can't, uh, I don't even, it's, it, it really, it really is. It really is something special. Um, uh, you've got the Giants, of course, uh, taking on Minnesota today. You've got, uh, Cincinnati going up against uh, the the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. I want to call up here. Well, well, actually, before I do, I just want to remind you. Um, uh, I just want to remind you uh, this uh, this marks the 50th anniversary of the New York Islanders. Um, I'm sorry, my computer is dying. <laughs> um, would you, would you like me to do the read? By go ahead, chance? dude. Please, please do the read while I get while I get my computer uh, re reset here. Please. All right, we're making dreams come true this morning. This season marks the 50th anniversary of New York Islanders hockey. To help celebrate, we're giving away tickets to the January 21st matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes at UBS Arena. To enter, download the free ESPN New York app. One of the best apps on the. Uh, App Store, if you ask me. Scroll down the contests and submit your entry. Brought to you by the New York Islanders. Join in on the fun this season by grabbing your tickets at NewYorkIslanders.com. For full contest rules, go to the new, or excuse me, go to ESPNNewYork.com. That was fun. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate you doing that. Uh, my computer is still is, is is still acting up. So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back. Uh, let's uh, let's go to Cynthia Freeland. And um, and her and I do a deep dive into uh, all four remaining games on the slate, getting you ready. And then I promise before we end the show, 
um, I will share with you a number of players that I'm going to be playing in DFS today. Okay? So we'll do that. Quick break. We come back. We'll hear from Cynthia Freeland right here on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Now back to New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Computer is behaving now, but nonetheless, uh, let's uh, let's let's play that interview for you with me and Cynthia Freeland from yesterday, uh, talking about, of course, all four games still on the slate. We got three today. The first one kicking off uh, with Miami and Buffalo. Don't forget, we got the Monday night game with Dallas and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, but, of course, my first question to Cynthia is, how is she playing this Miami-Buffalo game, considering Buffalo's favored by 13 and a half? Let's listen in. It's not good for the Dolphins fans. Like, obviously, you know, look, if, you want, if you're looking for – if you're hoping for a playoff win, it seems very unlikely given the challenges. Plus, the O-line has been banged up. Plus, I mean, there's just a ton of different things that are at play here. I will say something that's interesting about this defense for the Dolphins is that They've only allowed one deep reception t- touchdown, deep receiving touchdown, so 20-plus air yard touchdown this season, which is tied for the best in the league in the past two seasons, in fact. Um, one deep receiving touchdown is, like, really, really, really interesting. So if you're thinking about maybe, like, you know, what a Stephon Diggs would do if you're playing daily fantasy, just remember that they're not going to pop probably need those deep passing touchdowns, so potentially that limits the upside of a guy like Stephon Diggs for daily fantasy. But I think that what you'll see in this one is probably another Dawson Knox touchdown. I like the opportunity of them using him to target that linebacker level of the defense and keep Josh Allen out from throwing interceptions. Josh Allen actually has five red zone interceptions this season. One thing I'll be watching from the Bills is to make sure they can keep everybody clean and not get themselves in that weird pressure situation. you got to stop throwing turnovers to go deep in this playoff. I like that. Um, I've actually I already put in a bet in Knox touchdown and Bills win outright, and I got that, I want to say, at plus 110 or, or something like that. So, so I'm with you there. And then, um, and then let's look at game number two. I'm excited for this one. The Giants going up against the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings at home getting three. The over-unders at 48. Cynthia, I feel that the Giants should have won in week 16. Of course, what are you going to do? A block punt, unfortunately, against them. And, of course, uh, then the 61-yard field goal by the Minnesota Vikings. Can the, can the Vikings pull it off again? Uh, I, I actually like the Giants getting the points. What say you? Oh, I'm totally with you. I think, actually, the Giants win this one straight up. I'm not going to be mm-hmm. popular in Minnesota. Vikings fans already think I hate them. I don't hate them. I just don't value the fact that, like, with the, the significant pressure percentage differential with the quarterback. I think Justin Jefferson, if he doesn't win offensive MVP, like offensive player of the year, I then the, the, the voters are wrong. But at the end of the day, you know, you need to be able to – Kirk Cousins needs to get him the ball. So I'm looking at this game, and I'm looking at the fact that last time you already saw Justin Jefferson have a very nice stat line in their last matchup, and the Giants were still in it. Also, for whatever reason, they decided to give Saquon Barkley and this offense like a ton of light box. Saquon Barkley had 14 rushes against the light box, or 10 of his 14 rushes came against the light box. And, uh, okay, give him a light box all the time. You know what Brian Dable's going to do? He's going to say run. So when I'm looking at this game and also the emergence of like Isaiah Hodgins, who obviously Dave knows from the from his Bills past, but 
I'm looking at all of those things, and I actually think that the Giants are poised to pull off the upset. I might take the three points just because I like a little insurance, but I think that this one is, is a really interesting game, and I think the Giants, I think the Giants pull off the upset. I like it. I like it. Lockstep with you. Uh, the evening Super. game on Sunday is the Baltimore Ravens going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and, of course, uh, not expecting Lamar Jackson to start. And at the end of the day, and let, let me give it out right now before we start really breaking this down, Cincinnati is favored by 8.5 at home. The over-under is 40.5. Earlier today, this was 7-under. It's moved up a point and a half. But with that being said, like, at the end of the day, Cynthia, even if Lamar Jackson was healthy enough to start and play, I don't know if he would be the best option considering he hasn't practiced in five weeks and the last time he played in, in a game was December 4th. How are you playing this one? I'm staying away from this one because it's now gotten too rich for my blood. Also, look, I, I know Mark Andrews is back, allegedly, and same with J.K. Dobbins, allegedly, but like, I don't know what they're going to be able to do in this situation given that We've seen some, I mean, you've just seen a lot of different injuries all over kind of the offense and the defense. I don't trust their injury report till 90 minutes before the game. So, and not because I think they're trying to be shady. I just think that they're in that precarious situation where guys are like 60%. Like other than Roquan Smith, you know, and, and their defense has played well, they're still, their secondary is super susceptible. I just think this is a game that I think 40 is probably honestly about right. I'm a little surprised this ended up being the night game because I don't think it will be the most interesting game of the day. But, you know, I, I don't know how that all works with the schedule. But, you know, I, I, I'd like to see Lamar, but I, I think we'll have to wait until next season to, to see Lamar on whatever team he's on, be it the Ravens so, or so you, So you have no play here. You're not – no play in the game, no prop bet, nothing. I mean, the, the one thing that I like is I think that there's probably a really good opportunity here to see a little bit more from T. Higgins. I think they're going to – you know, you saw him be targeted last game. I think T. Higgins, this is a contract year. It's been a very emotional few weeks. I think that maybe a T. Higgins, like, I like the idea of a T. Higgins touchdown in this one. Not to say that Jamar Chase won't be awesome because Jamar Chase is awesome, but I think that, you know, you got to, you got to, going into these, you know, deeper playoff runs, I think, like, you know, get that connection back so that it's solved. You've got all your pass catchers in re- ready and in form. I like it. I like it. I like where you're going with that. Last but not least, on Monday night, the Dallas Cowboys going against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Tampa Bay home dogs at two and a half. The over-under is 45 and a half. Dak Prescott has just looked god-awful this season. I'm, I'm leaning towards the Tampa Bay Bucks. I don't, the Tampa Bay Bucks haven't done much either. But nonetheless, the way that Dak's been playing and the injuries that they have, I'm leaning towards the Tampa Bay Bucks. The over-under is 45 and a half. What's your play here? You, re- you ready for this one? I have. I'm glad we're not we're not on in Dallas, right? Like, cause I'm I mean, we're on in you know L.A., New York, like things like that, right? Because Dallas is gonna hate me, and Michael Irvin's gonna hate me too. But I have Tampa Bay upsetting Dallas in this one, and I actually think Sean Payton becomes the coach there come like Tuesday morning. So you know, look, like the the reality of the situation is Dak Prescott's from 15 interceptions, which is tied to the league lead. And remember, he missed a bunch of games with an injury, so that is a problem. It's also a problem that's compounded by the fact that when you look to see the, the this team kind of goes the way the pressure goes and whoever wins that pressure battle, well you think, oh Micah Parsons, the interior of this O line for the Bucks is susceptible. Yeah, they absolutely are, but the tackles are not. And I think those tackles and them being in place is a huge difference maker in this matchup. And I think that the Bucks do just enough with their run game to get their pass game going. And we see that connection from Mike Evans. We you know, Trayvon Diggs can jump his route, and they're missing a corner. They've been missing him for a while now. And if you get that kind of, okay, come in, get rid of Chris Godwin, try to bracket him, bring in some extra men to defend him, oh, then you got to worry about Mike Evans over your head. So I think this is like a GOAT winning and, and keeping the, you know, the Cowboys have not won a road playoff game since 1992, and I don't think it happens this week. Tom Brady 7-0 and against the Dallas Cowboys, right? So, uh, yeah, so just out of this is forty-eight start, forty-eight—that's bananas. Playoff start. It is. It is bananas. Uh, really quick, when you said you think Sean Payton will be the head coach come, come <laughs> Tuesday morning, you're talking about for the Dallas Cowboys, right? That's right. I mean, look, it's spicy, but I think that I think this is like, look, if anyone wants to win, it's Jerry Jones. So I and Sean Payton is the hottest thing. Everybody's trying to interview him, and he's going to be the the, the prize possession coach. So. If somehow Dallas doesn't win, I think that I, that could happen. I mean, whatever. I think maybe I just want a little bit of mayhem and fun, but I think it could be fun. Uh, before I let you go, regard to 
futures bets, right? Like right now, right now I'm looking at Eagles 49ers to rep the NFC at two to one. I'm looking at Cincinnati and KC to rep the AFC at plus 310. Those are some right where I sit right now. This is this is what I'm feeling. What about you? Well, I, I like where your head's at. I think it's interesting to pick, like, you know, obviously, to me, it's some permutation of, you know, Buffalo, Cincinnati, or the Chiefs, and I have the Chiefs as most likely. So very, very interesting on all three of those. And for me, it's the Niners that are the most likely. I did a bunch of math, and my math kind of pointed out that, like, actually, it's weird, but the Niners, you know, they have if, – if they make it to the Super Bowl, they win more often than if the Eagles do. So it's Niners or Eagles for me there, and it's, and it's uh, one of the three for the AFC. Again, Cynthia Freeland joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, getting you ready for Super Wild Card Weekend Part 2, three games today, and of course the game on Monday. I uh, want to remind you, thanks to the over 1,700 ESPN New York listeners who play the Cover 5 uh, app this, this football season with us. Each week you picked five games against the spread, and the results are in. The grand prize, $1,000, went to Nate from Hoboken. Shout out. Uh, who won by a landslide nearly 40 points above the rest. Gordon Damer led the way for ESPN personalities. Good for you, Gordon. At 90, 94, he came in 94th place. Stay tuned for uh, news on the next Cover 5 contest right here on ESPN New York. Quick break. We come back. Uh, we'll take your calls, 800-919-3776. Uh, we'll also hear from Jenna Lane and Todd Archer getting you ready for that Monday night game, Dallas going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks. A little sneak peek behind the window, uh, what we can expect in that Monday night matchup. And, of course, uh, in the next 15 minutes, uh, Matthias Kiwanuka is going to join us. We'll kick off New York game day right here on 90.7 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Fantasy Forecast Podcast with Anita Marks. That's Staley, head coach of the uh, the Chargers, who I think I think is gone. Uh, I never, obviously, uh, wish ill will on anyone or, or them losing their job. I, I would hate them to to wish that on me um but it it's i think it's i think it's inevitable um and i wouldn't be surprised if sean payton uh, becomes the next head coach of the chargers all right uh we're gonna hear from jenna lane and todd archer jenna lane covers the bucks todd archer covers the dallas cowboys we're gonna hear from them in just a second they're gonna preview that monday night game getting us ready of course for the last game of super super wild card weekend uh, but first who are some of the players I'm going to use today in DFS? Uh, obviously, Josh Allen against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Miami is just going to get absolutely killed here. Um, I don't like laying the two touchdowns because I'm just worried about the backdoor cover. There's a chance that certain players, I think, will be rested um, if there's a considerable lead for the Buffalo Bills. So I'm staying away from that. But I do like Josh Allen a lot. You're going to pay a pretty penny for him. 
I'm staying away from Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has a tough time against the Baltimore Ravens. And Marcus Peters and their defense is healthy. So I'm not playing Joe Burrow. Love me some Daniel Jones. So I'm playing a lot of Daniel Jones against a Minnesota defense that is just god-awful against the pass. One of the worst, if not the worst, uh, pass defense in the NFL. Um, I think that is... I played Brock Purdy, obviously, yesterday. Um, and I think that is it. So, uh, so a lot of Daniel Jones today and sprinkle in uh, some Josh Allen if you want to, of course, spend that kind of money. Uh, love me some Saquon Barkley today against Minnesota. I think he rushes for over 100 yards. I think he scores a touchdown. I'm staying away from Joe Mixon. Why? Baltimore is pretty good against the run. Top five defense against the run. Um, I'll play some Cook. Um, I do like Leonard Fournette in the passing game against Dallas. I think that they're, wanna, they're they trust him more, not fumbling the ball, FYI. Uh, and I love me some Tony Pollard, by the way, against the box. Um, so those are some of the the running backs I'm going to use. Uh, Justin Jefferson should have a solid day against the Giants. Um, I am not going to use Stefan Diggs. Like I said, I think there's a chance that uh, that some players are going to be benched, especially in the fourth quarter in that Buffalo game. Love me some, some Jamar Chase. Um, I will use some CeeDee Lamb. I will use some Tyreek Hill. And I think that is it. In regard to tight ends, TJ Hawkinson against the Giants. I used Evan Ingram yesterday, and, and good thing that I did. Um, I also like Dalton Schultz against the Tampa Bay Bucks, And probably my favorite tight end that I'm going to use today is Daniel Knox. I'm going to use a lot of Daniel Knox. Miami is one of the worst defenses against opposing tight ends. So those are the players I'm going to be using in DFS today. Hopefully that has helped you out if you've got some DFS lineups as well. Let's listen in. Uh, Jenna Lane as well as Todd Archer were kind enough to join me on my digital show uh, earlier in the week on Friday, giving us a preview of the Bucks and the Dallas Cowboys. Let's listen in. So let's start right here. The Cowboys, it's been a, a topsy-turvy season for them, right? At one point in time, they're top five defense. Another point in time, they're top five offense. But typically not at the same time. With that being said, what's their biggest question mark coming in on the defensive side of the ball facing the Bucks on Monday? Well, I think on the defensive side of the ball, you have to look at really what has happened in this secondary and what they're trying to do opposite Trayvon Diggs. They've worked multiple combinations here late in the season. And the guy that could be the answer this week is a guy who's never played in a regular season game for the Cowboys. That's Xavier Rhodes, who they signed to the practice squad last week. But the last three games against Gardner Minshew, Joshua Dobbs, and Sam Howell, they've allowed 15 pass plays of 20 yards or more. Tom Brady's just a little bit different than those three guys. And obviously we know Tom Brady's history against the Cowboys. But there is a sliver of hope for the Cowboys. Leighton Van Der Esch, one of their leading tacklers, he'll be back this week after missing three games with a, with a neck injury. And Jonathan Hankins, he'll be back, a defensive tackle, after missing the last four games with a pec strain. So the Cowboys are as close to full strength as you can hope. But again, opposite Trey Diggs, that's going to be the big question for the Cowboys, how they answer that question going against Mike Ed Edwins and Chris Goblin. Well, you look back to last week, right? And in playing for something, because, you know, it's not like the Giants went out and, like, destroyed. Uh, they, they kept it close. I should say the Eagles kept it close with the Giants. That NFC East title was in a possibility, but laid a big fat egg against Washington, putting up only six points. Dak Prescott, 15 interceptions in 12 games this season. So how, how does this Dallas Cowboys team shake off that stink? heading into this game against the Bucs. Yeah, Dak was talking about it today, how these interceptions are not in his head. It, but this is something that he said, really, let's go back to the last seven weeks. It's seven straight games with an interception for him. It's three pick sixes in the last four games. So he's had a lot of practice of saying that to us, but the answers have not changed. The results have not changed. It, they've been the same. But Mike McCarthy wants Dak Prescott to remember the good that's happened because before that Washington game, there was a lot of good on this Cowboys offense and what they've been able to do, leading the leading cat, multiple categories, points, third downs, since Dak came back from that thumb injury. So they're not trying to beat him up over it, but they know that Dak can't turn the ball over and maybe he can channel his inner Eli Manning. In 2007, Eli led the NFL in interceptions. He had just one during the Giants' run to the Super Bowl. Oh, by the way, last year, Matthew Stafford, 
He led the NFL in interceptions, had just three during the Rams' run to the Super Bowl. So maybe Dak can channel those two guys during this playoff run for the Cowboys. Let's hope so. The Tampa Bay defense held the Cowboys to 71, 71 total rushing yards in week one. I know that was a ways away. But nonetheless, the last two weeks, we haven't really seen an explosive rushing attack from the Dallas Cowboys. So what has head coach Mike McCarthy said about getting this rushing game on point when you guys go up, when they go up against the Bucks? Yeah, and really extends even before the last two games. It's kind of been an issue for the Cowboys. But Tyler Biotis, their starting center, he's practiced this week, did not play last week against Washington with a high ankle sprain he suffered against Tennessee. His return puts everybody else back in their normal spots. Tyler Smith goes back to left tackle. Connor McGovern goes to left guard. Zach Martin was just named an All-Pro for the sixth time in his career. And Tyron Smith is feeling more comfortable at uh, right tackle. But you mentioned those 71 yards. 52 of them came, on, came from Ezekiel Elliott in 10 carries in that game. So he was feeling actually pretty good and doing a good job until the Cowboys had to throw to get back into it. And he was talking this week of carrying some confidence from being efficient against the Buccaneers in the first meeting. If you remember the, the opener from two years ago against Tampa, the Cowboys couldn't run the ball at all. I think they view this one as more of a how the game turned out as to why they couldn't do it. But they know they have to get Elliott going. They have to get Tony Pollard going because that makes life so much easier, not just for Dak Prescott, before we talked about with that defense. The more the offense is on the field, the more the defense can rest and make sure that they're ready to go against Tom Brady. Yeah, Todd, I really like Pollard in this matchup. Uh, one way that you can beat the Bucks is around the outside. Of course, we know that song, around the outside. And that's where Pollard <laughs> likes to run. Todd, thank you so much. Always great having you on Bet, my friend. Enjoy the game on Monday night. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. You got it. We go from Dallas to Tampa. Jenna Lane joining us now. Always a smile on my face when Jenna joins the show. So, Jenna, kind of bittersweet here, I think, right? Because the Bucks got into the postseason because, let's be honest, let's call spade a spade, they play in the worst division in the NFL uh, that they won. However, Tom Brady has had uber success against the Dallas Cowboys. He's 7-0. What has Tom said about his success against America's team? Brady has said that it's really not about records, of course, acknowledging that the Bucs are one of just a few teams in NFL history, six to be exact, that have made the playoffs despite having a losing record. And it's more about really the best team that wins or the best team that plays that day is the one that wins, not the best team or the team with the best record, I should say. And he talked about his experience on being on both sides of that. He talked about being a big-time underdog when he – played against the Rams in his first Super Bowl. And then he also talked about being part of that 16-0 Patriots team that, of course, lost in the Super Bowl to the New York Giants. He knows how it feels to be on both sides of those equations. He said usually it's just a couple plays here and there that make a, a big difference in the overall outcome of games. But aside from just Brady, who really didn't speak too specifically about the Cowboys, I talked to a number of guys in the locker room. I asked them about Dak Prescott's interceptions, and they said, look, sometimes the defense just makes really big plays. And, and they pointed to the fact that Dallas played a couple of really good defensive teams this year. And then also I asked Will Golston about this loss that they had to Washington here at the end of the season. He said, you really can't put much, put much stock in that because those are divisional games and anything can happen in those. That's true. All right, so th this is going to be an interesting matchup, right? You've got Tom Brady going up against Micah Parsons. And I say that because he's going to be pinning his ears back and trying to get after Tom Brady. Uh, Micah, he's got third best pressure rate against quarterbacks this season. As we know, the Bucks offensive line has been banged up. But Tom Brady gets the ball out of his hands faster than any quarterback in the NFL. So with that being said, you know, how is this Bucks offense getting prepared for those quick releases and those quick plays that Tom's going to have to make? You know, I give offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich a lot of credit for this and also a number of Brady's receivers credit for this because before Brady was here, this offense really was not built for a quick passing game. It was built for dropping back and airing it out and a lot of explosive plays 
downfield. That's the type of receiver Mike Evans is. Same with Chris Godwin. Those aren't possession guys. But when Tom Brady came along, and then, of course, the offensive line had injuries after injury this year, they really had to change their formula to success. You could really see that against the Arizona Cardinals uh, when J.J. Watt was in their backfield an awful lot. So they've had to really adapt to what they do. And there have been some growing pains. And on top of that, they really have not run the ball with a whole lot of success either. Actually, one of the few times they reached 100 yards this season was against the Dallas Cowboys in week one. So I give them a lot of credit for being able to do that. But Coach Todd Bowles told me he really does hope that the Bucks' success at airing it out, their rediscovered deep ball passing game that they showed against the Carolina Panthers two weeks ago, he's hoping that some folks will take notice of that and, and maybe it softens things up just a little bit so they can get things going on the ground and, and be a little more honest. Yeah, it's been great to see, of course, uh, Tom Brady and Mike Evans a reconnect. Uh, last question before we let you go. This is a Bucks offense ranked 25th in the NFL, um, also only averaging 18 points a game. With that being said, what is Tampa Bay's defense going to do to try to slow down the Cowboys and have them not score more than 17, 20 points? It all starts with stopping the run. And I got to tell you, when Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks are both out on the field together at the same time, this team is 6-2. and two. You can just see a dramatically different defense. And you saw that kind of difference, too, when Vita Vea was out for the season in 2020. And then he stepped in for the playoffs, the NFC Championship game, and then the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes just had such a difficult time stepping into his throws so I know that'll be key for them and then on the other side of the ball I know we talked about the fact that the Bucks have struggled on the ground this year they have the league's worst rushing attack however like I mentioned just a few minutes ago the Bucks actually ran the ball pretty well against the Cowboys they were able to get to the perimeter a lot of their runs came on the outside and it really forced the Cowboys to try and go sideline to sideline as a defense and they really struggled with that so it'll be interesting to see if they turn to that same formula this go around Again, that's Todd Archer, who covers the Dallas Cowboys. Jenna Lane, who covers the Bucks, with a preview of the Dallas Cowboys-Bucks game on Monday. With that being said, guys, I want to remind you, and uh, it's 98.7 ESPN Superbox Bonanza 2023, giving away $35,000 in cash and prizes, including a grand prize of $2,000 and a trip to Bimini in the Bahamas. How great's that? Get your boxes for the big game by listening weekdays to DiPietro and Rothenberg from 6 to 10, Barton Hahn from noon to 3, and Michael Kay from 3 to 7. This year, we've made every box a super box with over 100 prizes, including solo stoves, Beats headphones, Billy Joel tickets, Amex gift cards, and much more. All brought to you by Bartesian Premium Home Cocktail Makers, Slomans, Resort World, Bimini in the Bahamas, PC Richard & Son, Grand Marnier, uh, blend of, of course, fine cognac and, uh, and orange liqueur. And 98.7 ESPN New York. For full contest details, go to ESPNNewYork.com. So make sure you do that. Quick break. We come back. Matthias Kiwanuka joins me. We kick off New York game day here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Fantasy Forecast Podcast with Anita Marks.